Well, hi, Mike. Hello, Damon. How's it going? Uh, it's a little warm. It is warm. Oh my gosh, but not as warm as it's going to be. Yeah, I know. I'm not looking forward to that. We should talk about the tech of air conditioning. Air conditioning, <laughs> yes. And how we don't have any in this room right now. Yes, yes. We could discuss how uh, the opening the refrigerator door doesn't cool off your no, house. No, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it does heat up your food. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Yummy, tasty food poisoning <laughs> melted ice cream <laughs> yeah sugar milk yeah so uh this is episode 30 is it episode 30 episode 30 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew it was episode 30 oh okay i made the document so even notes. even though it's really warm we're, we're gonna, gonna have drink some tea. tea actually it is um iced tea not iced tea <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, it's not iced tea, but uh, one of the things, hot tea is, uh, in China, uh, it's very common that people drink hot tea on hot days because the there's, there's this old poem that says uh, that if it's hot, tea will cool you, and if it's cold, tea will warm you. Um, and huh? the, I, well, the idea is that uh, basically, if you drink hot tea on a hot day, it will induce sweating, and that cools you off. Sure. Right. So more. So the the increase in sweating in, increases the cooling, which is what sweat is for. And you know. So, so basically, it's it's raising the temperature of your body so the outside air feels cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know how much of that is psych- psychological or you know whatever. But, I think um, the people in China just like tea. Yeah. Um, it's also believed that um, that drinking ice water is bad for your stomach. It'll give mm-hmm. you stomach cancer. Well, I don't. I haven't heard the stomach cancer thing, but I've heard that it's not yeah. not good, not as good. Yeah. I, I usually um, like my office has one of those water cooler machine things, uh-huh. and it does hot and cold. And I'll usually do like a half of half a thing of cold and fill the rest with hot just to kind of warm it. Well. The thing is, they, they say that, and then everyone likes ice cream. I'm like, well, so you think cold is bad for your stomach, except when there's sugar in it? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly true. Yeah. So anyway, um, before we do tea, we had an episode many moons ago, five or seven or something, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, called Tasty Strips. Tasty Strips. I do remember that conversation. Yeah. And we, we... I actually brought Tasty Strips today. Ooh. So... You like to use the word bitter. I do. Okay. These. But that's just because I'm around you. Because you're bitter. Because you're bitter. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, very nice. Anyway, no. So these two. So so before DNA, which we've talked about. Um, well, not before DNA, but before, <laughs> D, before DNA testing. Um, the recreational DNA testing. Recreational mm-hmm. DNA testing. Yes. Um, it was there were certain things that they knew were genetic that were passed down through families and so forth. And one of them was an ability uh, th- there are certain smells, tastes, etc., that are genetically coded. Okay. So, um, I want you to take one of these pieces of paper, a little strip of paper okay. and put it in your mouth and chew it up for a couple of seconds and, and then spit t- it out. Tell me what you, tell me what you notice. Hmm. Tastes like paper. Maybe. Am I supposed to tell you actually what it tastes like? Yeah. Because it has kind of a bitter taste. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's good. Um, because here, I'll put mine in. Hmm. <laughs> tastes like bubble gum. <laughs> no, to me, it tastes like paper. There, I taste no bitterness whatsoever. Okay. There was a, like a blah flavor to mine. Yeah. So that is uh so what that tells me is that you can taste more bitter compounds than i can okay so uh perhaps when you're saying when you're saying this tastes bit bitter your it your, actually it, does taste bitter it, it's possible, to me <laughs> yeah so it's possible that that you are detecting something that i can't detect that Very i'm interesting that that it, this particular chemical is known to be something that some people can taste and other people can't 
It's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, and to me, I could have just taken a piece of notebook paper and stuck up my mouth and we would have been exactly the same. All right. So, so we are genetically different. Um, and that means that you're sensitive to more things well, that are better. <laughs> I know I'm more sensitive to more things, just period. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You're a little too um, sensitive. I know. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so what, anyway, so how many like population wise, like how many people are like me and how many are like you? Um, I don't know on this particular one. I, I put you on the spot there because yeah, we, had, I, I we hadn't talked about doing this. So. Right, right. Um, this, by the way, for those that are curious, is phenylthoricarbamide is the name of the chemical. So for the, if I end up in the hospital, everybody knows why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that used to be, that used to, before, you know, like uh, paternity tests, well, that used genetics, mm -hmm. this was one of the things that they would do. Because if, you know, for instance, a child could taste the bitter and the mom could not taste the, you know, could taste the bitter mm -hmm. and the dad couldn't or, you know, like, um, so, so those are, that was a very early sort of paternity test because they knew that some people could taste it, some people couldn't. Interesting. And, so, and it was genetically based. So anyway, I wanted to bring that in. So that's the that's the real tasty strips. And for the record, those are not so tasty strips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I was, the, they are strips for testing your tasty. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so related to that, um, do you happen to notice anything interesting after you eat asparagus? <laughs> okay, so that the effect, smell. Yeah. Okay. So, so that until very recently, no one knew why some people knew what that was a reference to and other people didn't. Mm -hmm. That's also they've. In fact, it was Twenty Three and Me uh, was one of their first research papers. Interesting. They asked people about you know have you experienced uh, an interesting smell. Right. Um, sometime after eating asparagus and, uh, for a it, good day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some people said yes. And some people said no. And then they, they kind of analyzed it and they found that there were, um, and they did, you know, like there were a couple of theories. One is that some people produced mm -hmm. compounds that was my and other question. people didn't. Okay. Uh, what they found was that the genetics that were in common with the people who, did know that effect and the people that did not know that effect, what, what the difference was, was some genetic variations, uh, that are associated with sense of smell. So really everybody's producing whatever comes whatever out. That comment. It's just certain some people, people can smell it and some people can't. Got it. Yep. Well, I'm one of those people. Yep. So again, you're more sensitive. Can you smell it? Um, I think I'm in the middle somewhere. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so but, I can't say that it's an unfamiliar effect, but it's not like, like, Oh, I totally know what you're talking about. Oh, like, oh yeah. my God. If I'm like, if I go to the urinal after somebody, Oh, it's whew. asparagus. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, apparently everyone makes the compound, mm -hmm. uh, as part of digesting and, and but so only wonder, certain people have the genetics to be able to detect that. Isn't that scent or something um similar to like the smell the skunk makes or like skunk cabbage i wonder if people i don't know if, i wonder if people can smell that like i had heard that it was like the similar chemical oh, or something well, that you makes know, that it's, smell i don't know about the the skunk or that that kind of thing but uh it occurs to me that it, there was also a similar you know some people really don't like cilantro yes uh and because it like they say it's seems soapy to them that's a similar that's a similar thing that, that there are compounds in cilantro that are sort of similar to soap that some people can detect and other people can't. Hmm. I wonder if when I get my results back from 23andMe that if, if it will tell me. They may have some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Six to eight weeks is what they told me. Okay. They got my sample. Okay. All right. Um, follow, follow, a little follow up before the tea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's so have tea. Let's have some tea. So here, here you go. You can look at it and smell it. Okay. The the dry leaves. It doesn't look um, as green as some of the others. It's got from in this light kind of an orange look to it. Mm -hmm. uh, at least some of them. And it has, I would say, it's almost a citrus, like an orange smell okay. as well. Okay. Is that valid? <laughs> hey, you're the super. <laughs> you're the super smeller. I don't know. <laughs> 
or super smelly. Um, There's that too. <laughs> no. Um, so this is this is a black tea. It's uh, Dian Hong Jinya. Um, so that is uh, Dian Hong means uh, black tea from Yunnan province, and Jinya means golden buds. Oh, so, hence the orange color. Hence the orange color. Yeah. So uh, these are buds, and it, the the leaf buds are usually white, but when they process the leaves, uh, some of the juices come out of the come out of the leaf, and as they oxidize, they stain those sure. white hairs that orangey color. Okay. Um, I'll pour a little water in. Uh, this is so. So Yunnan Province is known for pu'er uh, and and other fermented teas, and also for black tea. Although they didn't even start making black tea at all in Yunnan until like the late '30s, early '40s. Oh wow! Um, the Golden Buds name used to be associated with a particular tea factory um, that started making making stuff in the fifties. Um, so this is, although the entire, the entire province is kind of as, associated with this kind of tea. Um, this name is something that wouldn't have existed, you know, before 1950. Wow. So, okay. so it's um, fairly new style. Right. Right. It's not like, um, you know, some of the other ones that we had, the Longjing, the, um, I think we had Bilochun um, that that are like ancient, ancient kinds of right. you know centuries old. This is like you know sixty, 60 years old. <laughs> yeah, um, there are still people alive who were alive when this tea was invented. <laughs> um, I would hope so. Yes. Um, so while this is steeping, there is one other little bit since this is a black tea. Uh, or as they call it in China, a red tea. Um, I wanted to tell a little story about that that I know I don't think I don't think that I've told before, uh, and that's why the difference between the terms. Okay. Why do we call it black tea? And there's a bunch of different stories. Um, one is that uh, and this is one of the early ones that I heard was that when the Chinese look at a black tea, they look at the color of the liquor. Which, if you take a peek... I think we may have had this conversation. I think we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. And it is very reddish. Reddish, yeah. Whereas Westerners look at the leaves, which are darker. Right. Right? Um, that, I don't think, is... Smells good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the real answer. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so you lied to all of us. Well... It's it's hard to know. There's lots of, uh, you know, there's linguistics and there's history and there's record keeping and there's, you know, who knows. Right. So. It's lost in translation. Oh, it smells good. It does smell good. Mm. It's very, uh, very rich color. Mm-hmm. It's a deep orange. It's very nice. And it's a really full flavor. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how different it is from the green teas for me. Yeah. Just it's, it's that bitterness, you know, that we talk about there that I that I mentioned. Like this is so smooth. And some of the green teas have that aftertaste, that, that bitterness that lingers for me. Right, right. And this is uh, not at all. This is very smooth. So um, there is a word in Chinese, wu, W-U, that can mean black. Okay. And um, there's uh, the the this tea is called Dian Hong. Hong is red. Okay. Um, and there's this confusion with oolongs that uh, so oolong teas and black teas both originated kind of in the same have sort of the same origin story. Right. And uh, I think we've talked a little bit about that. Yeah. There was sort of this accidental, you know, thing where they oxidized and okay, go sell them to the foreigners, you know. Um, And and uh, that origin probably was something that is not wholly black tea and not wholly oolong tea. You know, like it's not anything that we would think of now. So I've heard the phrase woolong. Yeah. So. 
uh, or the, the there's word. a character. Yeah. So oolong, O O L O N G, and oolong, W U L O N G, are the same word. They're two different systems of writing the sound of okay. the Chinese character. And I so, wondered if maybe it was sort of a hybrid because you said Wu is black. Yeah. I wondered if maybe that was maybe sort of where that came from. But no, it, no, it's something, it's different. something okay. different. Yeah. So, so there's, a, so that, that origin of black tea and oolong tea comes from the Wuyi mountains. Mm-hmm. W U Y I, which means, you know, black mountain. No, it doesn't. It's a different. Ooh, <laughs> this right? is confusing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so you're perfect. Um, <laughs> because, um, what I think happened is when, when the teas came fr- down from the mountains to sell at the port to the foreigners, uh, instead of saying, uh, this is Wu Yi Cha, tea from Wu Yi, mm-hmm. they just said, because there's this thing that happens in Chinese where, where long phrases get kind of collapsed down to just one or two syllables. Hmm. And, um, well, not long phrases, but, you know, like a, a four-character name might be abbreviated as a two-character name. Okay. Right? So, um, so Wu Yi Hong Cha, you know, red, red tea from Wu Yi might be collapsed down to Wu Cha, tea from the Wu region. Okay. Right? But if you're not writing it and you don't know that that's a different character, someone like you who doesn't really care that much about Chinese might be like, Oh, I know like you just did. Oh, that means black. Right. Right. So black tea, they're saying black tea. No, they're saying tea from Wu Yi, (laughs) but you don't know Chinese well enough to know that that's what's going on. And so they may have said, this is Wu Yi tea, but the, the merchant from, you know, the Dutch or the English merchant might say, oh, they're saying this is black tea. Okay. This is black tea. Okay. Yeah. It kind of looks black. Okay. Sure. So it was lost in translation. Yeah, it absolutely. (laughs) It absolutely could be lost in translation. Yeah. So, but, um, most Asian cultures call this red tea. Okay. Uh, in, you know, I, I know Korean, Japanese, and Chinese all, all refer to this style as red in whatever their language is based on the color of the liquor. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's or maybe definitely that, a reddish. So. Yeah, well, and it's and it's a new style of tea too. So sure. it could have been, it, it could have, you know, yeah. Um, in trade between nations and you know, right. who knows. Anyway, uh, so this is uh, again, Dian uh, Hong Yinja twenty seventeen. So this is this year's harvest. Uh, and it is from sevencups.com. Thank you, Seven Cups. And you can get 20% off on this with the coupon code TECHT. T-E-C-H-T-E-A, all one word. Take For- advantage of it, because if you like black tea, this is really tasty. Mm-hmm. You should definitely take advantage of this one. Yeah, this is this is a really nice black tea. Yeah, that's good. We also have another black tea next week. All right. Yeah. So, Some, but something to look forward it'll be to. Different. Yes. All right, so that's that's our tea for today. It's very good. And thank you, 7cups.com. Thanks, 7cups. Ooh. So, you have something on here that, mm-hmm. that it looks like a secret. It is a secret. Dun, dun, dun. Um, secret. Nobody comes in here. Um, that's that's a reference to Buck Robonsai. For those that don't know. Um, <laughs> J-O-H-N. <laughs> <laughs> you got, got that, honey? Got that, honey? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Buck Robanzai, Across the Eighth Dimension. 80s movies. Uh, watch it at least twice before you decide you don't like it. Um, <laughs> and definitely stay for the credits because that's my favorite part. Okay. Um, <laughs> I already have that song in my head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, um, no. So, the secret. I'm working on a secret project that I don't think needs to be secret because I'm almost done with it. Do I know um, about it? No, you don't. Because it's a secret. Because it's a secret. Well, it has been a secret. And you know that I would spoil it, so. Yeah. That's why I don't tell you what I'm watching until I'm done watching all of it. Um, so, uh, I have been in contact with XComp Wiz, who writes the who wrote the Mistcraft mod for Minecraft mm-hmm. that we've mm-hmm. talked about before. We have, yes. And uh, I'm, doing <laughs> I'm doing a little project for which I'm... It, there's a non-zero chance that I am the entire audience for this project, but I'm doing the Latin 
localization for Mistcraft. Hmm. So you will be able to play Mistcraft in Latin um, if you so choose. Because I noticed that as I was playing Minecraft in Latin, all the Mistcraft stuff was still in English. And I was like, well, dude. <laughs> I didn't really say that. <laughs> no, because you said it in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, us. <laughs> um, no, so so I was like, hey, do you, you know, like, do you, how do you do localizations or whatever? And he's like, well, there's a GitHub, you know, there's a, hmm. there's a GitHub issues section for Minecraft. And if you want to do a, you know, pull, pull a copy and, add your file for, you know, like see how the other languages do it and structure it for Latin and, you know, do a pull right. request, a, a pull request. He's like, I can, I can work it in. So I'm like, okay, cool. There you go. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Um, I haven't ever done a localization for anything before. And there's lots of stuff that I'm like, the Romans probably didn't have to worry about this. Yeah. Um, well <laughs> like, so there, so two things I learned about Latin that were kind of interesting. Um, doing this project one is so in in the mist world any worlds that get written are called ages right right there is the perfect latin word for that there is a word that means both a time period like an age Mm -hmm. like it's how you would say the industrial age sure and it means world or universe oh and i'm like oh perfect Unfortunately, there's also, so as you're writing these ages, uh, you have to describe things like how many suns are there, how many stars, you know, like Mm -hmm. the stars and the moon and that kind of stuff. And there are separate uh, symbols for things like the weather, like is it always snowing or is it there, it's always sunny or the weather changes very quickly or, you know, like, unfortunately, in Latin, both celestial bodies and the weather are called sky. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I actually had to say, okay, well, celestial bodies and the sky for there you go for weather. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, kind of fun. Latin problems. I know. I know. <laughs> well, and you're keep... the only one that's even going to see it. Well, you see, that's the, that's the thing. I'm like, I, I recognize, uh, I recognize, but but I'm thinking that people who like mist are probably more likely to be interested in Latin than the average video game player. Okay. I, you, you disagree. I don't agree or, or disagree. Uh-huh. I, I can I, either confirm or deny. I, <laughs> I feel like there are more relevant languages for those people to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I tell my Latin students, uh, Latin is good because it's the basis of French and Italian and Spanish mm, and yes. Romanian and Portuguese and you know so if you learn Latin first then all of those languages become much easier as they're typing how are you yeah <laughs> on their on their phones yeah text speak yes anyway um <sighs> fml <laughs> sure <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. so that was my that's my secret project that is related to other things that we've talked about here. Woohoo. So, I guess it doesn't need to be a secret. It doesn't need to be a secret now. Um, well, I don't know if it'll actually get in, right? Like so, once I get the translation done and and well, submit it, I don't know that it'll get included. They just or, need to approve your request. Yeah, you, basically. You, you push it back up to GitHub and they do their thing, but right. If right. They, if they want to. Right, exactly. Uh, and, you know, like... I, It's not like there's anybody else out there that can confirm what you've Latin. done. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> My Latin students. <laughs> okay. They, they can Pe- check it. People in the Vatican playing Minecraft. Oh. It's, it's possible. Yeah. I can just see the Pope. Yep. Yeah. Cutting down trees, how, killing zombies. How do you, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Making little square <laughs> houses. <laughs> square, square... I don't know. You know, I... I I would love it if it if it turned out that the Pope wants and to you know go what? punch trees to get wood. If the Pope <laughs> is playing Minecraft or Mistcraft in Latin, please contact us. Yes, yes. That go would, to techt.fm and be... let us know, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Pope is listening. Your, um, your papalness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. I hope he has a little square Pope hat uh, on his avatar. On his avatar? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I still have the default one. 
Mm. That's I, I'm not very creative in that, in that area. Yeah. So, all right. Um, okay. So, uh, talk to me. It's kind of funny. The, uh, I mean, since we're in follow up, like the, yeah. the miscreated game I talked about before uh-huh. that I've been playing, it's, it's like a 3d version of Minecraft. Right. Right. Um, I just figured out how to start building a base. So my coworker and I were on the same server and we're, we're in the same clan and so we're building bases and I, I built a locking door and you know you have to go and chop down the wood and right. turn it into lumber and then turn that into a wall panel to put it into the wall and blah 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 mm-hmm. but we're finally to that point and um so you have a, a place that you won't get raided by yeah this particular server is a it's not a um, player versus player server oh, so uh-huh. so um <laughs> we we did find out you well you can't kill other players you can use a sleep grenade on them and then loot their bodies while they're unconscious. Oh. <laughs> so you can't kill them, but you can steal their stuff. You can steal their stuff. I so see. we run around in gas masks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, gotcha. Always sleep in a gas mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know. You know, it's funny. I was walking down the street the other day and I was like, is that a gas mask on, on a pedestal? Like, what is that? And as I got closer, I realized that it was a... It, it was actually one of those big watering cans that had been set in just a way on like a stump oh. <laughs> and, and just, it was the right angle With and the, the right, right everything and the right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just perfect that when I happened to first see it, I was, it looked just like a gas mask on a pedestal. It was not, it was a watering can on a, and, on a log, but, <laughs> and, and, and now we have the title of our episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I found out something interesting this week. So, Did so you? not only do I have, the ability to taste this weird bitter paper that you shoved yes. in my face. Um, I think I set it down near you and you picked it up and shoved it in your face, but yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. Um, I found out that I have an extra bone in my foot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so my sister and What'd I... What'd you do that for? <laughs> my, my, sister, my sister and I have had this weird pain. So in, for my foot, it's, it's my right foot. It's right above the arch. There is a bone there, and I have... Like on the edge? On the inside of my foot, right above the arch, there's like a... You know how at your ankle you have like that knob Uh of the joint? Right below that, I have one that's almost as big. Oh. (laughs) And it's painful. Huh. And so I finally... Like it's just gotten worse over the last year. And so I went to the the foot doctor, podiatrist, um, the other day. And found out that I have something called accessory navicular syndrome. Gesundheit. Two percent of the population have this. Oh, this extra bone. Um, you should buy a lottery ticket. Um, <laughs> except I can't win because of the company I work for. Oh, but um, we. So I found out about this. Uh, there, there's a surgery that can be done to basically shave that down. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but we're going to try and treat it with. Um, some anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory, yeah, medication mm-hmm. to try and get the inflammation down. Mm-hmm. And then um, he, we, he used this cool. I, I'm basically sitting in this big recliner with my feet out, and mm-hmm. he, he wheels in this device with a glass front on it. It's like this black box with a glass panel, and basically puts my foot up against it, and this red laser scanned my. The, the soul Did it of make my the Cylon. Sound? I wish, or or like Night Rider. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah Night Rider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it but it scanned. He scanned both my feet, and they're going to make these custom insoles because it's 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 related to the arch, and that the fact that I I don't have much support there um, causes this this pain. Hmm. And I learned quite a bit about shoes as well, like the technology that goes into these shoes. Oh, uh-huh. um, so I need I need shoes that have a better arch have better arch support and are firm. Like can't, you can't fold them um, oh. because if, if the shoe is too flexible, it's going to hurt my arch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I have to look for so you this. need something, you need something that's really more rigid than mm-hmm. the average shoe. Huh? Yeah. I mean, and there, there are shoes out there and I have found in the past. I have seen shoes before. With like my, my shut up, <laughs> like my, my hiking boots. Uh-huh. Um, they have, I believe this, this pair has a steel shank. Um, that goes through the bottom or through the bottom through the sole so that it's rigid you sure you don't want to call this episode steel shank through the soul (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to put a steel shank through your soul (laughs) um yeah so so my hiking boots which is why i can hike 
Of course, we don't. We a lot. We, you, and I right now don't know what it'll actually be called. Right. <laughs> but everyone listening already knows what it's called. This is true. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So you can hike. Yeah. So I've got some custom insoles that I had. You made. can hike if you want to. Eighties <laughs> music, please. <laughs> um. So I've got these custom insoles that I had form fitted to my feet years ago, and and it's kind of a cool technology, right? They they basically put this sole, this shoe insert into this heater. They mm-hmm. heat it up, and then you stand on it mm-hmm. while it cools, and it forms to the shape of your feet. Sure. When like I'm memory what, foam, kind of. Kind of, but it doesn't ever. Un- it doesn't ever undo. come back. I do. Right, yeah, right, right, right. So, so I've got a couple of pairs of those, and and it seems to be, the pain seems to be less with with that technology. But mm. the these other ones are supposed to last ten years. Um, they're quite expensive, and my insurance, of course, doesn't cover it. But um, they have a, a base plate that's molded like my my foot, and then I'll have a leather. Um, top on it that can be replaced oh uh-huh. so so if it wears uh, upper, up upper or leather the, it, on top of the plate leather on top under of your the, foot under my foot yes okay so on top of the base plate under my foot okay is a, is a layer of leather that if it wears out can be replaced right, right, right. so okay um so you can use that you can use that mold essentially for 10 years and then uh, it's just protected by a leather the way layer. that he said it is that the with the, the, the leather, like the thing that the thing that I'm going to pick up in two weeks should uh-huh. should last ten years. Uh-huh. So the way he said it didn't sound like that leather piece had to be replaced until ten years. Oh, but, oh, but, oh but, I see. And then at that point it could be replaced. Gotcha. Is the way that I interpreted what he said. Uh-huh. Um, but who knows what the technology is gonna be like in ten years. Right, right. So it could be even better. Right. But it's interesting. Um I know that I know somebody else that had some custom insoles made and it was, you know, they had to stand in like the the clay or whatever, they made a plaster mold of the bottom of their feet. Mm-hmm. And like he still has the plaster mold and can have new insoles created from that. <laughs> but now they just use this laser and scan scan your feet. I'm I'm laughing because... You're, remem- uh, you're remembering when we made vampire teeth. No. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> no, I was thinking, I was thinking I still have... I still have a mold of my teeth when I had orthodonture done. Uh-huh. Uh, it was plaster. And I have a plaster, I have a couple of plaster casts of faces of, I of different. Remember. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you were there we for made, one of them. We made those yeah, at and, one point. Because you had to stick straws in your nose. I recently, <laughs> well, sort of. Um, I recently ran across a nose um, that I. Your nose? No, it's not my nose. It, it <laughs> was just, someone that was in. You it, just go around antique stores collecting plaster molds of people's no, faces. No, no, it was it, it was I made the cast, but um, there was this there was this. Um, well, he wasn't really in our dorm, but anyway, in college, it was someone I went to school with in college, mm-hmm. new in college, and um, that's and he what, had a really interesting nose. And at the time, I was doing a I was doing a stage makeup class, mm. and and I was like. That would be a cool no- like to make a prosthetic or something like that. that like I like would like that nose. nose. Yeah, and so I took a cast of his nose so that I had that. And I think it was when you were in college. I was up there visiting when we did the plaster mold. Mm. I I feel like I did one of my. It, face. it may have been one of your. Um, did you do it up there? Or did you do it in my backyard? It was indoors. Oh, it was when indoors. we did. Okay. I feel like it was. I feel it may like have it was been. Mine was maybe then in my backyard. And Lisa was there. I don't remember doing one outdoors, but okay. but I remember doing one and, in, ha- and in having our, little straws. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to breathe. Right. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to be claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I just anyway. remember having to sit there for a while and not move my face. Yeah. So speaking of having molds for a long time of various body parts. Um, Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> better than better than having the actual body parts themselves <laughs> somewhere oh. somewhere in your house <laughs> oh yeah i've got ba- this guy's wait, nose wait that's a bad thing yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway no that shoebox don't open it yeah yeah um so <laughs> yes so anyway so shoes you've been into shoe technology in the last week it's kind of weird just yeah. like everything i've learned in the last few days huh but who knew? Two percent of the population. Two percent. 
So yeah, I, I talked to I had brunch with my mom and my sister today, and or my family. Do you know? Do you know if she has? My mom has an extra bone in that same spot on her left foot. Her right foot doesn't have. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, and she remembers having pain as a child. Oh. Um, uh-huh. Because she wore these leather shoes that really hurt. Like they pushed on that. Mm. Um, and she remembers her parents having to like cut out part of her shoe. Yeah. Um, well, it's like when I go skiing, I put basically I have this foam donut that I put over my, over, over like that, your ankle, over uh-huh. that bone. Uh huh. Um, so that my ski boot doesn't press on it. Uh huh. And, and I'm fine skiing throughout the day with, with, by having that extra so is foam. So it just, it. is it, uh, so it's obviously more bones than the average human. Um, is it, is it just like an extra bit that they can remove or is it like, integrated with your foot so you couldn't really remove it easily and it needs, still walk or whatever it needs to be shaved down so they basically cut you up and shave down this bone i'm sorry i asked <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you can't you can't put pressure on it for like six weeks oh lordy yeah so i'm kind of glad that we're going the non-surgical route yeah yeah. Um, and if you do go the surgical route, I wish you well now and don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> See me walking around with a club foot. Yeah. Um, crutches. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Um, I, I, as, as you know, I'm not that good with medical things. Oh yes, I know. <laughs> yes. Yes. So anyway, enough of that. Cool. So should we take a break? We could take a break. We could take a break. Um, Guess who's helping us today? Um, Fontaine. What? Fontaine. Like from Les Mis? <laughs> <laughs> no. I dreamed a dream? Yes. Oh. oh see what I did there? There, yes. <laughs> yes. I dreamed a dream host. <laughs> oh, God. Um, that could also be a title. <laughs> <laughs> The I'll surprise you. <laughs> It'll yeah. be something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> episode 30. <laughs> the extra bone episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tell you, um, it's the episode of titles. Um, okay. So <laughs> that's not what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah, oh anyway. dear. This, um, this tea's making me giddy. <laughs> Yeah, um, or or maybe we're it's we're, so warm, it's so warm that we're just gonna pass out here pretty quick. <laughs> oh, jeez, dear, dear listeners, if, it's, if you hear a couple of thuds and it suddenly goes quiet, we're fine. Don't worry about us. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Someone else will edit it. Uh, okay, oh, so uh, dream host, dream host is who we will be talking about. Um, Breathe. Yes. And I've talked before about their newsletter and how funny it is and uh, that you can easily set up hosting and register a domain name and all of that kind of stuff. But they do have a bunch of different hosting options. So for those that maybe are a little more tech savvy about things like this, they do have shared hosting, which is essentially you, you don't own the box right? Uh, you, your website and someone else's website, you know, are all stored on the same computer. It's still, it's secure. It's separate. It's separate, it's, but right. it's physically on the same hardware. It's on the same hardware. Yeah. Um, you can also have virtual private servers. You can have managed WordPress hosting. So if you know that you're just 100% staying within WordPress, you can get a, a thing where they worry about all the WordPress stuff. Mm. Um, they have dedicated servers. So if you are super concerned about anyone else's you know, well, it, data or attacks or whatever, you can do a dedicated service. So it's all you, you, they buy a machine that only belongs to you. Yeah. I imagine that's a little more expensive. But. That is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they, they've got a, a bunch of different hosting options um, in order to, in order to serve uh, whatever your needs happen to be. So, yeah. So that is DreamHost. Uh, if you go to techt.fm slash DreamHost, all one word, D-R-E-A-M-H-O-S-T. You got that, honey? <laughs> J-O-H-N. <laughs> um, 
techt.fm slash dreamhost and sign up for their award-winning support and all kinds of good uh, stuff. You will also help out this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. And thanks to Dreamhost. Uh-huh. All right. So. You have a big, long list here. I do have a big, oh, long list here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to try and be brief about it, but... Uh, the time has come for me to... Lip sync for your life. <laughs> uh, no. N- no? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you totally threw me off of that. I'm like, what in the world? Um, no, for me to understand blockchain. Okay. So You were asking me about this the other day, and I don't know. I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah, so blockchain... So you've heard of Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah? Okay, so Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. In other words, it's a it's a form of currency that is not based on the central bank of a of a country, but rather on um, it's a digital currency. It lives only in computer data. It's also used by the shadow brokers and the, <laughs> and the Turkish crime the Turkish family. crime family and their Turkish crime mobile. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, so Bitcoin uh, is where blockchain came from. That's kind of where this this technology started. And and uh, this is going to be like uh, super simple uh, because that's one of the things that kind of prevented me from getting from looking further. I found that there's two kinds of people that talk about blockchain in general. Um, those that are super into how it does what it does. And so it's super, super deep and technical and mm-hmm. like the mathematics and the, all that kind of stuff, which never quite, I was never quite knowledgeable enough about those topics to get anything out of what those people said. <laughs> uh, and then another group who basically seem like uh, cheerleaders who talk about how amazing it is um, and how many things it can do and why it's the wave of the future and but never said anything about how it did like the things. technical stuff like yeah like and so I never quite got I'm like okay so there's some people that are excited about this and it's highly technical that's all I'm getting from this okay <laughs> right which isn't isn't really enough and recently I saw a couple of things that kind of have allowed me to wrap my mind around it from a from that middle point of both kind of how it works and why is it important? Okay. But not going too far in either of those directions. Um, so, so I want to sort of first say what it is, and then I'll talk about the applications of it. Okay. So, what it is? Um, imagine a document. Okay, and we'll call that a block. Okay. You, you're you're making imagination motions yes. with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so each. <laughs> I imagine with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> you, you talk with your hands, I imagine with my hands. Yeah, okay. Whatever it takes. Um, so imagine that this document has a couple of fields in it. Uh, so maybe it's a, you know, a spreadsheet or something like that. And um, it's got an index number. Okay. It's got a timestamp. It's got some chunk of data. That's the useful part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here. It's a chunk. Yeah, that's... Ooh, that's a cool. Well, I like the light. <laughs> um, yes, <clears throat> dear audience, Damon has now been distracted by his own hands, <laughs> so I'll just be talking to you now. Um, so, so it's got an index number, a timestamp, some chunk of data. That's you know, like if it's if it's Bitcoin, that chunk of data is the the transaction information. Right. You know, like I gave you one Bitcoin or whatever. Okay. My account, your account, the The, amount, you know, whatever. The the end. Yeah. So the data. Uh, And then there is, uh, there are two hashes, um, which are, you know, like those, those, you know, randomly generated string of letters and numbers and whatever. Okay. There's one hash represents, represents the hash of the previous transaction or whatever. And one is its own ID number its own transaction hash. Okay. okay? So, um, and that's all, that's a block. 
right? Okay. In order to be a valid block, it has to have all those all bits of, of info. these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you can do a bunch of other stuff, but that's good enough for a basic idea. Okay. Um, and so what happens is um, you create what's called a Genesis block. That's the very first block. And then after that, it's got an index number, right? So the first block is zero. The Genesis block is block zero and you like hard code that. Okay. And then after that, any new transaction or change or whatever gets a new block that references the previous one. Okay. Right. With its previous hash and the timestamp and all that new stuff. Right. And, um, and that is where the block chain comes in. Right. So if there's been 10,000 transactions in Bitcoin, there are 10,000 blocks representing each of the, in the chain. Got it. Right. Um, and, and the, the current block, the, the hash that identifies that block, um, is, uh, it's not an entirely random number. It's a, or a string. It's a string that is partially created, uh, on the index and the previous hash. Okay. So those two things, you know, like they look at what's the most recent thing. Okay. Now based on the, the index number and the hash, we're going to blend those together to create a new hash. Okay. And that's what the next transaction is. Okay. So that makes each step verifiable and, and checkable. Sure. Right. Okay. So, so if I'm looking at a transaction and I think that it's, you know, maybe fraudulent or something, I can say, well, would the previous index number and its hash that it refers to, would those two things combine to make the hash that's on this one? So that's one check for the validity of something. Can it check the entire chain? Yeah. Okay. So, so anyone, so, so, um, again, if we're talking Bitcoin or any kind of system, um, it's kind of like the internet, right? Every, every computer can sort of builds up the internet, Mm -hmm. right? Every computer that's connected is sort of a node of the internet. Sure. You know, um, you know, every server, every whatever. So, um, so yeah, every node in a network like this can say, okay, I've got this block. I want to see the history all the way back to the Genesis to the Genesis block. And can verify that, yep, 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 all the way back. Okay. This is all genuine. It's all valid. It's all valid. Um, and that's where some of the security of blockchain comes in. Um, it also updates itself. So um, if my node, whatever that is, my phone, because I've done a, tra- a Bitcoin transaction or whatever, uh, my node makes a transaction it generates its own block and it sends it out to the network every with bitcoin it's every 10 minutes okay um and and other nodes vote on it so they do those checks Hmm. and they can give it an upvote or a downvote and there's a threshold over which it's not considered a real block until the network itself accepts it okay Right. So so if I'm trying to do fraudulent transactions, I have to have I have to basically own half the network in order to do that. Half, half the <laughs> network plus one. Half the network plus one. Right. right. Yeah. If, if it's a vote, you know. Right. Um, and of course, you could set them up with different levels of, you know, whatever. But, sure, but so that would be unlikely. Right. But so, so is this blockchain? Well, then you can also check the timestamp, right? You can say, okay, well, obviously if the index numbers are going up, the timestamps should be going later, right? If you have a later index and an earlier timestamp, you know that there's a problem, right? Right. And so it's, it looks for all of these things that would be problems. So is blockchain something that is tied to Bitcoin or no. So, so, so it's or, just this technology, just this idea of chaining blocks. Okay. So Bitcoin is the first thing that did that. Okay. Um, but, but now that concept has grown beyond okay. that technology. So, um, so as long as each contact point, uh, each node, you know, like if enough of them get enough upvotes, it becomes part of the 
the system, a part of the chain. Right. Um, it's validated. And, uh, and then you can't change it because every node in the system agrees that that's the... It knows that that is the valid that's the valid entry, one. the valid block. Yeah. And, and if you want to change it, that creates a new block. Which then gets voted on separately. Right, right. right. Um, so, and that sort of brings us to some of the applications. So, um, there's a ton of them out there that I hadn't thought of. But one of them, uh, you know, you mentioned your medical. You know, you're doing some medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Medical records are one of the things that could be done with blockchain. Sure. To protect it. To protect it, right? Because if someone wants to access it, they have to have credentials. Okay. Are those credentials allowed to access that thing? Okay, they then, logged in at this time. And that gets a block. That information gets stored right, in, as a block. In, a, in a block. And right. then, yeah. Yeah, and who can, you know, who can access, who can, you know, like all of those things could be worked into a blockchain. And then you have this verifiability of identity. You have, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, there's, uh, there are a couple of startups. Uh, I heard reference to mycelium a couple of times. I could see this being used for, um, like document signing. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Things like that uh-huh. where you need to have that. It's very important. Like if you're buying a house. Yeah. Oh, uh, a lot of people talk about it in, in real estate, both sure. in, both in doing the deal, right? Like, like you could almost eliminate the, um, escrow mm-hmm. with blockchain because you could just set it up so that the title only transfers if money is in a certain account in a certain, right? right like, right. like you set up, uh, they call them, um, smart contracts. Okay. Right. Where it's like, well, the, o- the only way that X, Y, and Z is, will happen is if A, B, and C are in place and in order. Right. Right. And blockchain, verifies that everything is has been done that way before allowing access to whatever which is exactly what the escrow company does right right so the escrow company is going through making sure that all the documents are signed all the money's been transferred and once all of that's happened then the deal is done right um yeah so that's another uh, that's another well and related so it's kind of like digital escrow yeah, it's essentially what it is. Yeah, um, and there's another uh, there's another related field that could be impacted by this, and that's um, land records. Mm. Who owned what when? Sure, right? Because since you can go back and ask all the way back to the Genesis block, mm-hmm. you can then see the history of everything that has happened to a property. Interesting, right? Like requests for, uh, you know, you, you request the city for a for a permit to upgrade something or you, uh, you know, subdivide or you build a new, you know, accessory dwelling unit or whatever. And all of those things can be part of that escrow, which becomes the, you know, if you're going to go buy, you're supposed to have all these disclosures. The the title of your, of your property. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I've also, so, uh, I mentioned mycelium, uh, Apparently there is some connection with that and uh, a musician. Anyway, there's there's uh, musicians that are using it sort of like um, digital rights management. Okay. Right. So you can do a transaction, and if you do the do the transaction, that's another smart contract that then says that I can listen to that song unlimited, use it however I want, except for broadcast. Someone else does the other set of things and gets the permissions for the song to play it on the radio. Sure. Right. And, and the data that's part of the block would be the song. That would be, um, actually that's kind of interesting. So we've talked about, um, a sponsor, uh, in regard to like stock images. Um, right, right. You know, that could be something that's tied to an image mm-hmm. like in the metadata mm-hmm. that, that tracks, okay, yes, this person is allowed because I uh, like image theft on the internet is, is very absolutely it's it's huge huge. yeah um you know it doesn't matter if you if you protect that image you can still take a screenshot right yeah and 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 that's information that could be stored as part of the image itself right um that shows and and then as somebody who worked for a company that that 
you know, we hired photographers to go out and shoot or they submitted photos to us to use for specific purposes. We paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah. And if somebody's going to our websites and, and stealing those photos, right we would click, go after right them. Right click, save as. <laughs> but, but, you know, we had some of that. There was a company that was doing um, some of that where they'd hide information in the metadata that we could search for and mm-hmm. find out who's, who's stolen our image and we could go after them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be something that, it would be easily easily trackable, yes or no, you you have access to this photo or not. Right. Um, interesting. Okay. There's lots of applications for something like yeah. that. Yeah. And and um, so, so uh, you know, like uh, independent music, you know, that can't afford to have someone that goes after people, sure, you know, sure. they could release a whole album like this that, uh, and have it do mi- the micropayments, right? Like you could have a micropayment for very you know, for a small amount to hear the song, you know, to play the song once through or, you know, like whatever. And, um, and, you know, pan Bitcoin or, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, and, and so there's all of these things that can be done automatically. In fact, I heard one person, uh, say a thing about like, well, you could create an AI that part of what the AI knows is how to use Bitcoin using, these transactions, and then it could just live on the internet paying for whatever services it needed for whatever it's doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Wow. Like, because it's all computer code. Sure. You know? Um, and then the last thing is um, that has to do with sort of a, that identify identity verification and stuff, but um, voting. And, um, you know, because there was a thing that came out recently that, uh, there was a hackathon in Las Vegas recently and they, they brought in a bunch of different companies voting machines. Oh yeah. You know, and they're like, okay, hack away, hack away. And, um, I forget what it was. It was like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And oh, okay. the first person was like, oh yeah. Well, we, we already know from the last election that there was some tampering with machines with some in, machines, in yeah. many states. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say it was over 30 states had evidence of tampering. Had some sort of, yeah. Right. Um, and so it would be to have that blockchain to verify that, yes, this person voted and mm-hmm. they've submitted their vote. You know, that that also eliminates the, the ability for people to vote again. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, so I know some people are registered in multiple states um, and, and they kind of, whether or not they vote multiple times, I don't know, but you know, uh, that was a big controversy after this election. Sure. Sure. uh, Yeah. And, and those things, the, I mean, you could, if that became a question, you just request a copy of the blockchain and you verify, right? Right. You would just know. And it doesn't have to, (laughs) it doesn't have to have any personal information. Doesn't right. It's all just transactional. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and on the flip side also sort of semi-political, um, is the idea of government benefits. So, you know, uh, social security checks and, uh, food stamps and, you know, like those kinds of things, you could tie access to funds to verified identity, mm-hmm. right? And so you would know that those funds are only going to the people that they should be going to or sure, those sure. kinds of, those kinds of things. So, um, lots of different applications, but it all kind of goes down to this idea of, of having this verifiable chain of steps all the way back to the very first transaction that, that is distributed throughout the web, right? So there isn't a central authority that you have to trust to keep that information. It's just everywhere. Right. Um, and, uh, And and you, you wouldn't be able to insert data into the chain because if you did, it would break that Yep. Because the the rest of the chain is, is related to the first part of the chain. Like, yeah. So I Yeah, mean, you couldn't it's, delete it's, anything. It's kind of hack proof, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, and if you delete it at one node, the rest of the the rest of the whole network has to agree that that's what needs to be done. Right. Right? And deleting a record isn't something that is programmed into the system. <laughs> and and because for example, I mean, I'm assuming it's part of the internet these nodes sure um, yeah. that it would be worldwide. It could be something that's, that's adopted, absolutely adopted everywhere. Yeah. So, so Bitcoin, you can, there's all kinds of Bitcoin wallets that you can get, which is like it holds your ID and your balance basically like a passbook, the way the banks used to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even like your credit card, right? That's, that's 
that credit card number is your credit card number. Right. Right. Um, but don't get me started. <laughs> How yeah, many times can, I've had replacement cards? Sure, sure. But but that card you can go anywhere in the world, pretty much, and and you know if it's a Visa, right? Right. Where Most countries yeah, in the yeah. world, you can you can pay with that, right. and it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, same thing with you know accessing the internet, right? That'd be interesting if if companies like Visa or Mastercard or American Express, or whatever, if they adopted something like this, then that would prevent me having to get a new card every time Home Depot gets hacked or whatever. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and there are certainly, uh, there is a, I don't remember if, remember if this was the organization or the project, but it was called Dow DAO. And apparently they had sort of mis They like hadn't programmed their, whatever they did very well. Mm-hmm. And so there were some problems. And so they were able to, there was some problems with their mm-hmm. system um so you know it's it is not foolproof uh, but i imagine those problems they make themselves apparent like it's something that's fairly easy to yeah well find out think about google docs right i mean we are our notes about about our show you know that you and i share in google docs right, right? it's that's basically how blockchain works right it is it doesn't matter where you're logging in from mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, who is doing it. We can both be in the same document. We can be, you know, and and we trust that that information is going to be right. Whatever I look. So actually, here here is a, is an example. So we talked about GitHub. Uh-huh. Um, you know, GitHub's mm-hmm. a place for for you to store information, re- repositories. Yeah, you can basically you type your code and you upload it there, and then. Um, you can pull it from another machine. So I have two different machines that I use, my personal machine and my work machine, computers. And I'll, I can log into a server and make changes here, push that code back up to our repository and pull it down onto my personal machine. Right. Um, however, if two people are working on the same code at the same time and they, they, you know, they're working on the same files, they push it up, then you have a conflict. Can, can that happen with blockchain? Well, blockchain includes a timestamp. Right. So, so does the GitHub, but it still says there's a conflict. Like, which one should? Uh, so, uh, this is where it gets into more technical stuff. The thing that I saw, um, how it solved that was to was to assume that the longest chain was the valid one. Right now, that's not a very because you, for example, you said Bitcoin uploads its information every ten minutes. Mm-hmm. If multiple transactions happen within that ten minutes, who wins? Yeah, and and I'm not sure. Well, uh, so Bitcoin Bitcoin puts ten minutes. If I'm remembering right, we're getting to the edge of where I right. right, right. <laughs> um, and, but but uh, my understanding is that Bitcoin creates actually it's all so all the transactions that have happened in 10 minutes at this node is one block. Okay. Right. So when my node transmits, it's 10 minutes worth of data and your node transmits 10 minutes worth of data. And they're probably not going to be exactly at the same time. And so whichever one arrives first or whatever, you know, like then those can, those just get in line in time order. Okay. I I have technical, technical questions about it, but, you can, you but can, we don't, yeah, I'd, yeah, have, we to, don't, I'd have to yeah. look it up. We won't get into yeah. it here. Yeah. There's so, so, um, and, and different systems can be programmed to be different, you know, like to have different features and mm-hmm. to handle those things differently. Um, and, and that's part of, that's kind of beyond what is blockchain as a concept versus sure. individual applications. Right, 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 right. You know, so, and, yeah. So all of that stuff has to be thought through before something mm-hmm. like this can be implemented. Yeah. And that's and and I think that that DAO um, project or whatever it is, I think they didn't think through all of it, mm-hmm. and so there was some kind of backdoor something vulnerability missing or something or, yeah, missing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't look too far into it, but I saw a couple of references to it. Like, yeah, they kind of screwed up, but it wasn't a problem of blockchain. It was a problem of them. their their implementation. Their implementation yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, so it's not foolproof, but if you're careful, um, it can be, 
it can have all kinds of upsides relative to how we've been doing things. Oh, sure. Yeah. So. I mean, just back to voting, like just having every state do it differently. Yeah. Is confusing. Yeah. So it would be nice to modernize that some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Internet of Things is another thing that that could be, you know, security related to the mm. Internet of Things and like who who does what and tracking down well, we've talked about your toaster. And, yeah. We've talked about those botnets yeah. that, that bring down sites like Google and Amazon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is funny. I have these old security cameras that I plugged in and I went to try and update them and all of a sudden they were unreachable. It was almost like they Someone had took been, them over. Well, it's almost like they had, yeah, either they got taken over or whatever. Anyway, I unplugged them and tossed them, but yeah, they were un unusable after connecting to the internet for a period of time. I thought, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Something's going on here. Uh, and it was 90 minutes. The U.S. voting machines were breached in 90 minutes. Okay. So not quite as bad as I yeah. as I had said. But, you know, you don't want your voting machines breached. <laughs> yeah. Whether it takes 90 minutes or 90 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's more than 90 minutes until the next election. What? There is? Yeah. It's true. So um, vote early and vote often. Yeah. Well, not with blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So um, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Where can people find us? On the internet. In this hot little room. In this hot little room. <laughs> yeah. We haven't passed out yet. Um, or a, have we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Um, <laughs> this is our augmented reality. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. So uh, techt.fm is our website. Yay. And you can figure out our social medias from there. You can send us a message directly from the website. Um, we're on the Twitters. We're on the emails. We we're, are. We're on the other social oh, sites. Google Plus. <laughs> we are on the Google Plus. Yes, which just got, uh, there was a survey and Google Plus came in in first place for uh, most satisfied amongst its users. So uh, it got an 86% approval rating, and Facebook got 60-something. So go find Mike on the Google+. Plus. Yeah. Facebook was actually even ranked. Facebook was ranked below Twitter, and Twitter was just below Other. <laughs> and Twitter just released some information this week that they gained zero users in the last quarter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, so we are on Google Plus. I'm on Google Plus, but the, the I'm podcast there, is on, but yeah, yeah, not in a podcast form. Yeah. Uh, but I, I check the, the podcast so you can see us there. And please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast catcher of choice. Yay. Podcast. Oh, is that a podcast catcher? Is that one of those things you hang on the wall? Yeah. That looks like kind of like a spider web with yeah, like yeah, crystals yeah. and yeah, yeah that's what know, I feathers use. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Ah, well, until next time. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. I don't know that one. Yeah, you do. Hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I do love Sesame Street. <laughs> 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 <laughs>